All right, everyone, welcome to Strictly Sports. I'm Jacob Brown, joined here with Mr. C.J. Yuri, making his triumphant return to Strictly Sports today. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Glad that we could find some time to uh, discuss the wide world of sports. It's been a while, um, but always miss this type of stuff. So happy that you have me back. Thanks for reaching out. And uh, here we go. Of course, man. And uh, don't worry, we will get to the part to where you get to rant about everything that you, that's just been brewing up inside for the last few months. You've got the, uh, the dolphin stuff. Uh, we've got other stuff that's uh, bugging you as well. So we'll get to that uh, towards the end of the pod. Uh, but as we start here today, we're just going to go over the NFL playoffs briefly from last week. You've already heard everyone talk about these games before us. So we're mainly going to preview this upcoming week, talk a little bit about the storylines of last week. Uh, then we'll go into FAU football news. Uh, and then at the end, we will talk about the NHL all-star skills competition coming up in about two weeks, the all-star game the day after that. Uh, we have all those rosters, stat updates, standings updates. So we will get to all of that stuff. So to start out, I named this segment one loser time because we're going to talk about the losers of wild card week. And listen, there's some big storylines here, especially with the Dallas Cowboys. And the first question I'll pose is, are they in trouble? Because theoretically, they came into this playoff with the best offense in the National Football League. Their defense was finally top five caliber. Everyone was playing the way that they wanted them to play. Yet once again, the Dallas Cowboys go lame duck in the playoffs. And if you're a Cowboys fan, if you're in that front office, if you're Jerry Jones, you got to be asking yourself, what else do we have to do here? I thought we gave this team everything that it needed to win, and yet we fall short again. So what do you make of that Dallas Cowboys loss and where they go forward from here? Oh, I find them to like just be – on on a much more grander scale, like they're just the, they just remind me a lot of the Dolphins. Like they could just never get it done. Like it, there's all the hype is there. Like you get everybody going, and it's like, oh my god, it's this year. Like this is our year. Like you know, we were there's no way we screwed this up. We got the guys. You know, this is it. And like we added to the defense. We have a great defense. We got the good rookie class, and then it all just comes crashing and burning. But I gotta tell you, dude, I'm just, like. I think that they've done a fantastic job piecing together the roster. And I actually don't, I'm not the biggest fan of Zeke's contract, mm -hmm. and especially the way that they utilize him. And I understand that this league is kind of straying away from like, you know, you have one running back and, and that's your guy, right? Like, I don't know. I, I feel as if the emergence of Tony Pollard takes away touches or whatever. That's fine. Like, I think Zeke is a fantastic back. I think he's a top five running back in this league, but like, you're going to pay him top three, top two money and then not use him as a, like a distinct one. I think it really hinders a lot of what you're doing on offense. And I think Dak had just such an incredible year this year, but I got to tell you, dude, for me with the Cowboys is it's never been a roster issue. No, like when they're there, it has never been a roster issue I, for the longest time. Even those Tony Romo teams had some fantastic DNs and, and linebackers and, and safeties and, and great O-line. Like the Cowboys have always had a good O-line. And what ends up happening? They never get the head coach hire right. Mike yeah. McCarthy has been washed, man. He has been washed for a while. He was he was given a Super Bowl by Aaron Rodgers for the most part. Okay. And you're going to hire him in Dallas. And it's like, oh, well, he's won. But 
if you look at the list of coaches that have ever won a Super Bowl with two separate teams, I don't even know if there is anybody on that list. Like, it is incredibly difficult to do. And I don't agree with the Mike McCarthy stuff going on there. I, I think the head coaching is really the problem. And all honesty, yeah. I, I, there's nothing more that you can do. Like, what do you, like, what can Jerry Jones do? He can say, okay, let's upgrade Dak. What are we going to go get? Josh Allen? He's not leaving. Like, there's not an upgrade that you can get over Dak. There isn't, especially at his age. And there's right. not an, really an upgrade out there that's better than Zeke at running back. Like, what are you doing? It's got to be the coaching. Yeah. And when he was hired, there was some criticism out there that why didn't they go with a younger, more innovative guy like a Kyle Shanahan or a Sean McVay? It was kind of when they hired him, it was kind of like, are they going with the retread guy here, really? And now that he's had some years to do this, they haven't produced, period. And you just talked about Zeke losing touches to a guy like Tony Pollard. The Niners have multiple running backs. They didn't use multiple running backs in the game that they beat Dallas in. But throughout the year, they use a ton of guys. There's a lot of teams around the league that use multiple backs. Uh, it's not just all on one guy. And Zeke has gone on a steady decline each and every year. Um, I'm not saying he's a bad running back, but like you said, he's being paid top two, top three money, and he's not being used like that, and he's not producing like that. So it's a big issue for Dallas. Uh, but they really, you can't move him, and, and that's what you're kind of saying is it's not a roster issue. It's got to be the coach. But are they even going to fire McCarthy now? You would figure with this much time passed since the game that they probably would have already. Uh, it's also interesting because a lot of the blame that you're seeing is going on Kellen Moore the offensive coordinator, uh, whereas, you know, let's shift the blame back to McCarthy a little bit as well. Uh, but just a lot of stuff going on in Dallas. Uh, they got some stuff to figure out, and it just seems to be cultural, period. Uh, it, when you lose year after year after year, it's the coach, it's culture, something. Well, there's a ton of pressure from the fans. I find it to be extremely hard for any coach or general manager to work an organization where you have Jerry Jones, who is really like, you can't make decisions without Jerry Jones, you know, like, and it is what it is. Jerry's won a few Super Bowls while he's been with the Cowboys. Fine, but it's been 25 years, maybe 27. So at some point, I've always said, I've always made this comparison. The Dallas Cowboys fan base, model of business hype and brand Miami hurricanes. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. It's like, yep. you know, we're amazing. We're, we are, our shit doesn't stink. We're great. Oh, but you're always going to lose. I know you're going to end up losing anyway. Like, you know, it's like a cultural thing there. And yeah. I honestly don't know if it's, I, I just, I don't know. It, it's weird. I, what can you do to the Dallas Cowboys roster? Not much. Yeah, and both both franchises. Yeah, I mean, you just made that comparison. Both franchises are stuck in the '90s. Uh, they yeah. they still think they're in the '90s, winning championships. It's not that anymore. It's been too long. The fan base expects Super Bowl or bust. It's hard. There's no patience there, and I get it. It's been a long time. I get it. I I totally understand. But hey, listen, when you have an owner and a family like the Joneses, and it's it's everything is over your shoulder. Win 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 win. It's hard. No, absolutely. And uh, now we'll move on to that Arizona Cardinals game. They lost to the Los Angeles Rams 34 to 11 on Monday night football. And the question I'll pose for this game is are Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, the answer in Arizona and CJ, we've been going back and forth for months about this. I will take the big fat L on it. Kyler Murray looked absolutely horrific in that game against the Rams. He was too small. I mean, 
you know, I always said when he got into the league, he was too small. Then he came in, made some great throws. I caught on to the hype. He was a good game manager. He was running all over the place. Then come to this season, they weren't, I mean, they're in that division with four teams that can go into the playoffs, three of which I believe made it last year. I think Seattle made it last year, but if not, everyone expected them to be a contender year after year. So going into the year, Arizona is expected at fourth place. They end up getting second, making the playoffs. And so it's, oh, Kyler Murray's a success story. Cliff Kingsbury got us to the playoffs. But I don't know about that because right before they were about to get to the playoffs, there were articles in Arizona being released. Is Cliff Kingsbury the guy? Then they go in, they get throttled in the playoffs. And now you're questioning who even is the quarterback because Kyler Murray was flat out outmatched in that game. I get it. There's Von Miller. There's Aaron Donald. There's Jalen Ramsey to deal with. He didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. I get all that, but he was purely outmatched. There's no other way to say it. And I'm kind of scared for their future because it's all on Kyler Murray. And I don't know if he's the guy that can win you Super Bowls. Well, I think a lot of what's going on in Arizona and what you saw the last game, like I texted you before that game started. I said the Rams are going to throttle the, the Cardinals. I think talent wise, the Rams actually blow the Cardinals out of the water. I think oh, yeah. people mistake this Cardinals team for having this like memorable Hall of Fame offense that's just, just insane. And it really isn't that. When you look at what Arizona has there, they have aging wide receivers on the outsides, A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins. That weren't really healthy this year. Right. You are fantastic players. DeAndre Hopkins will be in a gold jacket. A.J. Green has a case. Okay. Fantastic players. But to rely on them for his 17-game season, 18-game season, whatever it is, and go into the playoffs, into the into – uh, you know, the LA Rams where they have just fantastic cornerbacks. Jalen Ramsey's is great. Then you have, you know, what's the Cardinals O-line look like? Eh, it's middle of the road, probably, you know, at best. Yep. And you got Von Miller and Darren Donald coming up the middle of the field. And then you look at it the other way. I take Sean McVay preparing my team for a game over Cliff Kingsbury any day of the week. I don't actually have a problem with the, with Kyler Murray in all honesty. He's small, but you can win with Kyler Murray. Yeah. And you can win because of Kyler Murray. I, I think the preparation was just not was not there. I don't know if Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is the guy there. I don't know. I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of hiring a head coach that is you know for a fact is going to be able to command the room and is going to be able to command respect from both sides of the ball. I think it took a while for Sean McVay to get there in his career because he was always an offensive guy. But you know in LA who's the boss. And I'm not saying that there's some power struggle in Arizona, but like I, I watched Cliff, Kern, Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline and he just only seems really concerned with one thing. The offense, the offense. The yep. offense. And it just, the defense looked just not, not there uh, on that game. Just the whole team, like the, the preparation just wasn't there. And again, that's a coaching thing. I find it. I found that game to be really similar to the Cowboys game. I just knew going into it. I'm like, I'm taking the other guy, the other head coach any day of the week. I'll take Kyle Shanahan over there any day of the week over Mike McCarthy, especially in today's league. And I'll take Sean McVay over most coaches in this league, especially Cliff Kingsbury. And you want to know, here's the other thing. You got a quarterback like Matt Stafford. He's been there, done that. He's been in the playoff games. That was his first playoff win, but he's been in like six or six, five or six other playoff games. He's been yeah. there and he's hungry. This is Kyler Murray's first playoff game. He goes to LA. The Super Bowl is going to be in SoFi. They're playing in SoFi. This Rams D is just really good. I don't have a problem with Kyler Murray. I don't, I, I, you know, I got to tell you, the Cardinals need to figure out wide receiver. 
Yeah. The Cardinals were, were sucked last year enough. They would have been able to get a Devonta Smith, a Jalen Waddle, or, or, you know, a Jamar Chase. Could you imagine that in that offense? Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Or Rashad yeah. Bateman. And- I don't know. Like, I'm just saying they they got some aging guys. I mean, you got they were they activated JJ Watt off the injured reserve, and that was like a oh my god moment. Like JJ yeah. Watt, fantastic player, Hall of Famer. Again, old. Like you got to inject some youth in that team. And same thing. They they even made a trade for Zach Ertz, who's injured every year and aging. So they definitely need to get more young and uh, more agile on that offense. Yeah. Uh, so the third game that went on last week, we'll talk about the third loser. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the question I have for this one is, are they a fluke? I think it's pretty self-explanatory. If they were in the AFC, they wouldn't have even been close to a playoff spot. Uh, I, I think they would have been throttled over on that side. They got to play in the NFC East. Uh, they they benefited from having the number one rushing offense in football, although if some other guys were healthy in the NFL, I don't think they would have had the number one rushing offense in football. I think they just squoze their way into the playoffs. You, you know, who was on the outside? New Orleans without a quarterback. And that's about it. Minnesota, who falters every year. They fire their head coach at the end of the day. Dalvin Cook's out all year. They weren't consistent. So you were only left with the Eagles. Uh, Long term for them, I think other teams in the NFC over this offseason are going to propel over them. And I think this was really just a fluke squeeze in playoff by the Eagles. Sirianni, the head coach, I don't think anyone expected him to do what he did. So you definitely have a positive in that regard. I think Hertz is worth it to keep. Uh, he needs to obviously work on his passing game, but as a runner, he contributed to that number one rushing offense. So there's stuff to work with in Philadelphia. I just don't think they're a perennial fo- uh, playoff team. Yeah, I mean, like for a team that's in a rebuild and has a young quarterback and a first-year head coach and they made it to the playoffs, you like to see that. Like, yeah. If you're an organization, you're like, oh, well, we thought it would take a gap year to make it to the playoffs. I'm glad this young roster – got the experience to be in a playoff game. I'm glad our young head coach, second year QB, you know, first year rookie wide receiver got to experience a playoff game. They know what it takes to get to the playoffs. Now, once you've gotten there and you felt like you got there and you know how to prepare now, it's huge. And that's, I don't know, like for me, if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm like, look, I, we were winning the Super Bowl this year. Glad that we got, we got to where we did. There's a lot to build on. We have three first round draft picks next year. The sky is the limit for the Philadelphia Eagles if they can get it right. And that's a big if. But for me, if I'm the Eagles, build the trenches, go get a running back that can that can pair up with Miles Sanders back there. And, you know, I think the sky's the limit. I really do. Yeah. And use Devontae Smith. I had him on fantasy football. I saw it face first. They didn't utilize him like I think they should have. He had a phenomenal touchdown catch in the playoff game against the Bucs. He needs to be used. Um, so hopefully they, they put him in a little bit more next season. So another loss that happened. This one probably made everyone happy. The New England Patriots lost to the Buffalo Bills uh, pretty badly, too. And here's the thing about Mac Jones. He was not good after the Patriots went on their little run that basically secured them a playoff spot. Once they got to eight wins, they kind of just smooth sailed into a playoff spot after that. And during that stretch... Mac Jones was not playing the best. Then he goes into Buffalo, doesn't play well at all. So is he the long-term answer in New England? I think Bill Belichick, probably one of the most impressive coaching performances of, of his career, getting 10 wins and a playoff appearance out of Mac Jones and that New England Patriots team. Uh, I just don't, I mean, I think Bill, it's Bill Belichick at the end of the day. 
I think he can consistently do this and get eight, nine, 10, 11 win football teams. Again, much like the Eagles, though, I don't know if Mac Jones is a guy that you bring into the, into the playoffs and expect him to win. Maybe I'm overreacting because it's week one and the way that Belichick uses him, he'll be able to be utilized in that system as years go by. But if you look at a game like that, you're going to be competing against Josh Allen every year, twice a year. And just like this year, sometimes you're going to meet him in the playoffs and you are never going to have the better quarterback. So let's see. Do you think that's going to change up there in New England? Well, look, I, 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 I don't think that Mac Jones is really the problem at all. Like I, I, he was a first year quarterback and again, they got to the playoffs and, you know, you, you want your first year quarterback to not feel like the, you know, the training wheels are necessarily on, which I don't, which there were at times I felt like, you know, they took them off, they took them on. And honestly, if you're a Patriots fan, you got to say, Hey, there's stuff, there's something there we can't give this up. There's probably six or seven or eight teams in the league right now that would go, I'll take Mac Jones from you immediately because I'm looking for a quarterback. So, and then you want to look at the other thing, next couple quarterback drafts out of college. They're not that good. So listen, I, I think he had a pretty promising season and there were some games where you're like, Oh, Mac Jones, you know, and he's the perfect quarterback for new England. Here's the problem in new England. I find that the whole Belichick philosophy of these diamonds in the rough glue guys, they just have a team full of glue guys. At some point you got to pay the premium and go get a guy that's like can flip the field for you on a moment's notice. They don't have that. And back in, back when they had Brady, you didn't need that because Brady was good enough. As you, as you see now that he is good enough to get those glue guys over the hump and make them, make them studs, you know, like Mac Jones isn't there yet. He's not gonna be there for another three or four years. Like he's young, he's young, like quarter, he's not going to hit his prime for three or four years, man. So at some point it's like, you got to make them his life easier. Go out and go get a stud on the wide receiver. Go get a stud at tight end. Not these like couple glue guy, tight end guys. Like you, you know what I mean? Or like, Oh yeah. Or at linebacker safety or something, dude, just pay the premium, pay the premium for a guy to be there. And I, the Patriots have never done that. They've never been that type of organization, but at some point when you see all the rest of these guys, they're going to start blowing the Patriots out of the water because they go pay for the guys that are the best in the league. Some people are just going to get fed up with it. The, the days of the, the, the happy days, the, you know, and everything over in new England, it's, it's not necessarily over because it's been very, you know, they've had so much success and they met they went back to the playoffs this year, but for them to get back to the, the Super Bowl type stuff, they're going to need to pay. Absolutely. And and Bill Belichick's pretty much a curmudgeon about that type of stuff, as you just said. We'll see if he does it in the future. Uh, so here's another loss. The lot almost said the last it is the Las Vegas Raiders. That's my bad. Yeah. So Las Vegas Raiders lost in the playoffs to the Cincinnati Bengals. And they just the, I gave a lot of credit to Derek Carr on the last few podcasts. I think he had to overcome more than quarterbacks have really ever had to overcome head coach gets fired uh your wide receiver gets arrested there's multiple other duis and arrests on the roster josh jacobs didn't play the whole year darren waller basically wasn't a factor the entire year so Derek carr had to deal with a lot of stuff and they were still able to make the playoffs so all credit to that but now mike mayock out as gm uh which is like why i mean maybe because they're holding him accountable for the gruden hire and all that but if you have a gm that got you to the playoffs when the roster was depleted and you had had coaching drama what are you even doing there uh i feel like if this raider team comes back even exactly as it is right now they're pretty much in that playoff discussion right there again they've got an offense with a lot of weapons that defense yeah it's a little patchy but it can be worked on throughout an offseason 
just a very weird firing of Mike Mayock. Um, and then their, their interim head coach, there's just a tweet made about him. He was writing handwritten letters to all the players saying hard work for the season. Great job. And are they about to let him go after he took over this team when John Gruden was fired and he got them to the playoffs and before black Monday even started the Raiders head coaching job was listed as open. So uh, they weren't even giving this guy a chance. So I'm just looking at the whole situation for Vegas. And I just think they're being very oddly ran in general. Yeah. I think, I think uh, Derek Carr is going to end up moving on. I really do. I hope so. I I think that when he tests the free agency, I think he's going to move on. I think they've got a lot of pieces there, but I think it's very similar again to the pressure in Dallas. Like, the Raiders fan base is very similar to the Dallas Cowboys. And they, they, you know, moved into a brand new stadium. They're out in Las Vegas. There's a lot of pressure, you know, and then there's just a lot going on there. And I, you just look at that Raiders team and it's like, oh, wow, they started off three and oh, I'm not even remotely worried about them. And it's, it's That's really, the thing, yep. it's like an organizational culture thing. It's like, they just, they never, I, I look, if Gruden didn't have all the issues and stayed there, who knows? Uh, they they might have ended up squeaking out one or two more wins in the regular season and didn't have to play in the wild card and they'd, you know, host a playoff game the next round. You don't know. You just – you don't know. But uh, I don't know. I, I The Raiders are like an anomaly to me. It's like they got a bunch of guys that are good and they, you know, they always start off strong and then they have that lull in the middle of the season and they finish strong and then you just – you know that they're going to get in the playoffs and they're going to lose. And that's what happened. I like Derek Carr. I think you can win with Derek Carr. I would take him in Miami any day of the week, but is what it is. I think that he tests the free agency. I think he's going to go somewhere else. I think that Derek Carr is the type of guy where he wants something to show for his career and he will go get big money from somewhere that he feels like he can win. And there's not this insurmountable Broadway type pressure where you're in Vegas, bright lights, big city, huge brand new stadium. You got out Mark Davis over your shoulder, just like Jerry Jones. It's just go somewhere where it's a little quieter. Got a good roster. Pay me my money. Let's get to the playoffs. Let's do some work. So who knows? But yeah, I think he walks and I don't know if the Raiders make the playoffs next year. Yeah. And yeah, if he, obviously if he doesn't come back, they're not making the playoffs. And I think he absolutely should test the market. There's a lot of teams that are going to need a quarterback that might not be able to trade for one. Remember, going into the season, basically everyone assumed Aaron Rodgers would be available. That doesn't seem like it's likely. He's probably going to stay in Green Bay. The Deshaun Watson situation hasn't figured itself out. Who knows what's going on with Russell Wilson? If the 49ers win this weekend, are they going to stick with Jimmy G? So Derek Carr might be one of a very few amount of guys that you can say, maybe it's him, maybe it's Kirk Cousins that are out there. And you're like, well, they can get me some. I think Derek Carr is better than Kirk Cousins. But what I'm trying to say is, in terms of experienced quarterbacks that are going to be available, he might be on a very short list and then he can capitalize financially. Uh, so we'll see if that happens. And then that final playoff game, we all knew it was going to happen. Pittsburgh was going to lose and they lost. Uh, farewell party, retirement party for Ben Roethlisberger. Should have retired three years ago, uh, but good for him. Uh, he was able to beef up his stats before he went into the Hall of Fame, two time Super Bowl champ. Uh, and he will get in. I'm, I obviously said he is a Hall of Famer. He will get in eventually, of course. Um, but the question I have about this is, are the Steelers putting up a smoke screen by saying that they're going to stay internally at quarterback because it's coming out that they're basically just going to test out Haskins and Rudolph, which from one side, I look at that and I say, well, with what Big Ben did this year, I, I would say pretty confidently that Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins 
could pretty much replicate what Big Ben did. He was not special this year, and they squeaked into the playoffs at 9-7-1. and one. Tomlin's never missed the playoffs. So maybe a lot like Belichick, he's thinking, just put me a guy back there, and I will use him as a system quarterback, run the ball through Najee, and we'll make the playoffs with our defense again. And that might be the blueprint. But I think that's a little ridiculous. I feel like if the 49ers lose this game, they've got to be on the phone to San Francisco saying, get me Jimmy G, because I think with him – or someone, maybe a Derek Carr. You get a guy in like that, the Steelers are an even bigger threat. The fact that they still made the playoffs these last two years with a team that probably shouldn't have, if they get a quarterback that can propel them, the sky's the limit for the Steelers. So I, I just don't understand why they're saying, yeah, we're going to stick with Rudolph or Haskins. Yeah, um, I, I actually I... – I said at the beginning of the season, I think that when Big Ben leaves, I think that they've got way too many assets on that team and a lot of cash uh, loaded up into some guys. And I think the Steelers organization is always going to be good enough for win now mode. And you have Mike Tomlin, who's arguably top top three coach in the league, maybe number one. Yeah, I, I, like it would be Bill, probably Bill Belichick than Mike Tomlin, in my opinion. They've never had a losing se- losing season under Mike Tomlin, so it's like we're just going to start experimenting with a guy now. So. I, I I think that they will definitely look at a guy like Russell Wilson. I think they'll definitely look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I think they'll definitely look like a look at a guy like Derek Carr. Like if it's there and there's quarterbacks testing, I think the Steelers will be making phone calls and they'll be having meetings and they're gonna they're and they're not scared to spend the money. They gave TJ Watt a massive contract. That's not the Steeler way over there. They don't usually do those like huge contracts. They did it. Kept him at kept him in Pittsburgh. I could see them doing the same with a quarterback. I could like I could see. Well, the, think about it too. Uh, Ben's not being paid anymore, so his whole salary cap is opened up now. Exactly. So I I I have a feeling that they'll be in the market for a quarterback. And who knows if this Kenny Pickett kid falls, which I think he's going to fall in this draft to pass 14, 15. If he falls and the Patriots are like, or sorry, Patriots, the Steelers are like, we're 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 going to straight up and go get the home hometown kid. I, I, I can see it. I, I can see it. I don't think that next year they're going to go into the season with Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins as a quarterback. I think it'll be somebody else. So I think that they're in the market for a quarterback and I think they're in the market for a quarterback right now. 